You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. When I took a pregnancy test and found out I was pregnant, I was going back and forth and I didn't know if I wanted to go through the pregnancy, their dad. He didn't want me to go through with the pregnancy. He didn't want the babies at all. He didn't want nothing to do with them. This was one of the reasons why I just didn't know what to do at that point. And so I had um, Googled and called an abortion clinic and I made a point with that. Also, um, when I Googled, I had seen a listing for the pregnancy center and I had made an appointment with Joanne because she told me that she was able, she's able to do ultrasound. I was like, Okay, cool. When I um, was going to the pregnancy center, I just, my friend was kind of giving me what she kind of knew about it. I have never heard of anything like it before. When I walked into the pregnancy center, I was kind of nervous. My friend being there helped me um, a little bit not being nervous. And Joanne was really nice. She was sweet. And she made me feel comfortable with her. She talked about what they are and what they do. So I ended up not being too nervous. I was pretty excited for the ultrasound just to see. And once I got the ultrasound, I was just kind of in shock. <laughs> With the ultrasound, I was looking at the screen. I'm just like, and then Joanne was like, how do you feel about two babies? And then I was just, Speechless. I was speechless because when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, what is that? I, I'm not, you know, a ultrasound tech, but I was just kind of like, what is that? Even though they were little size of little jelly beans, I did see two babies on the screen. Um, Talia, she's one of my best friends. Uh, she came with me when I had got the ultrasound. She was the first person who knew about my twins. She was a huge impact when she, we had seen the ultrasound and she was the one who convinced me. It was like, God gave you these two babies for a reason. After seeing the ultrasound, I knew in my gut that I absolutely wanted to go through the pregnancy. And I just never showed up to the abortion appointment. Um, for me, the pregnancy center was literally a life or death situation for my twins, for any moms out there that just or just don't know what to do or if don't have supportive family members or friends, the pregnancy center will be there for you. And my twin girls literally probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them and the support of my friends and my family. About five months ago, um one of our members kind of gently challenged me in an email. And uh, they said, you know, you talk about a lot of, you know, really difficult topics. You talk about, if it's going on in the world around us, you talk about it. And I've always appreciated that about our church. And you've, you know, you've tackled, goodness, you've talked about the death penalty. And you've talked about uh, mental health. And we've talked about Islam. We've talked about race. You've talked about anxiety and depression and loneliness. And like, it's just, we've, we've talked about all kind of topics at Murray Hills, but I don't think I've ever heard you talk about abortion. And it just seems like such a big topic in our culture. I, it just, 
I've just never heard you talk about it. And um, I took what they said and thought about it a little bit and thought, you know, that they're right. I haven't talked about it. Not, not a full message. I mean, we've done some, I've made some statements, you know, maybe that are affirming life, but I haven't really dedicated a message to it. And so I took some time, thought about it, and when Love and Justice came up and we were working out the schedule for Love and Justice, we wanted to talk about a very broad perspective. Just to, you know, when we get to justice in practice, who are we acting justly on behalf of? You know, who are we speaking up for? Who, who, you know, justice is about treating others equitably. It's about being a voice for the voiceless, helping the marginalized and the disenfranchised and the, and the vulnerable. And what more vulnerable population group do we have than the unborn? And so we decided to include this in the series, and I called Kathy Cook for some help. I didn't know Kathy. Uh, I think I sent you an email first. I sent Kathy an email and just introduced myself and said, hey, I'd love you. She's the director of the Pregnancy Centers of Middle Tennessee. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about a series that we're doing, see if you'd be willing to help me out. And we set up a phone call, had a phone call, exchanged several emails. We met together and talked about this. And uh, I, I think you're going to love what she has to say today because Kathy is pro-life, but she's also pro-grace and pro-love and pro-mercy and pro-justice and a lot of times those things don't go together sometimes uh christians can be pro-life but not pro-grace and uh, or they can be pro-life but not pro-mercy and I, I think it's important that all of those things go together so in just a minute i'm going to invite kathy up here and we're going to have a conversation together i just wanted to to set the stage with a couple of verses and i'm not this is you know we've, we've done our theology part of this series the last three weeks and so we're not going to get heavy into the in the verses this morning but um the one that i was thinking in particularly is like the bible all those things that i just mentioned pro-life pro-grace that's the bible you know the bible is pro-life pro-grace pro-mercy pro-justice and um i think the biggest verse that talks about that pro-life is uh, genesis chapter 1 26 and 27 the idea that all of us are created in the image of god and that's one of the bedrock verses for this series on justice that all of us are image bearers of god and that includes the unborn. But there's a couple of verses in mind that, that came when I thought about this message. One of them was one that you're real familiar with uh, in Psalms 139 that talks about, for you created me, and this is talking about God, you created me in my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be and then the new testament you see in the birth of jesus and there's several places in the new testament but i think in the birth story of jesus and this is about john the baptist it talks in luke chapter 1 verse 15 about for he will be great in the sight of the lord he's never to take wine or other fermented drink and he'll be filled with the holy spirit even before he is born there's a recognition of life before physical birth. And then in, in verse 44, you, you're familiar with Elizabeth when uh, Mary came to see her. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Because that baby was filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, I just kind of wanted to set those as the foundation for our discussion. And I don't want to take any more of her time with my preaching. So uh, I want to, Kathy, would you come on up uh, to the stage? Would you guys please welcome Kathy Cook to... To our stage here. Yeah, yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, uh, I am. We we met together on what Tuesday? 
Monday? I don't know. It's been such a long week. We met, so we met together sometime earlier this week, and we came up with all these questions, and, 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 so, and I sent it to you about Wednesday and said, we got too much stuff. Can we cut it back? And we both said, let's take, let's take a day and pray about it. And so we took a day and pray about it and said, ah, we're not going to cut it back. <laughs> so we're not going to, we, we, you, you are the lucky ones because there's another service coming behind you. So no fears. But uh, there's just too much, it's such an important topic. And uh, we saw just a little bit of your work right there in Camille's story. And that's a very, very powerful video. Very well done. Um, you guys need to share that video because I think when I looked at it the other day, it only had seven views. So it's time to change that. So we need, we need to get the word out about that video. But um, will you tell us just a little bit about the Pregnancy Center? What, what work do you do there? I'd love to. Um, I'm just representing a wonderful team of women here. Uh, our staff um, is in the trenches every day, and um, they do such a marvelous work. So the Pregnancy Center has actually been in existence for 27 years. I don't know if you realize that or not, but we have been able to provide um, education and resources for moms and dads, both men and women, and um, as they, you know, walk their journey of an unplanned pregnancy, we just want to be there for them. Yeah, and it was, it used to be called a crisis pregnancy it, center, it right? It did. And you guys have dropped that name. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask that. I didn't know, no. I told you I would ask you questions that I didn't plan on asking. He's so, he's, he's so fun. Okay. <laughs> so, it really... Um, Yes, I think the mother and father can feel very upset and feel like they are in a crisis. But when you continually say the word um, crisis, it can be, become a negative connotation um, for the unborn. And um, we know that God makes no mistakes. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned in your scripture. So we just wanted to include, um, and also it was a logistic thing. We we are in Columbia, Spring Hill. We have an exam room in Franklin. So really, it is more of a Middle Tennessee effort. And yeah. we have people come from us from 8, 9, and 10 counties for services. Yeah. I just like the way you talk about, like, it's a it's, it's, crisis automatically kind of puts it in a negative context. It does. Context. And, and so you're talking about, as we said, Psalms 139, that, you know, God is in the process yeah. from the beginning. And so it's not a crisis, it's just a pregnancy. And you're helping, you help men and women mm -hmm. so at mm -hmm. this place. And uh, you said education. Right. There's also, I think one of the big things, and she mentioned it in the video, the medical support. Right. Talk a little bit about the ultrasound okay. technology and what you guys are doing there. Yeah, Camille really uh, did a good job just as a layperson being amazed by the technology. Uh, we have a brand new ultrasound machine. Mm -hmm. Uh, the images are very clear. Our medical arm of the ministry is the fact that we can do um, medical testing as far as pregnancy tests, and we offer the free ultrasounds. And so sometimes, uh, many times, women will come at a very early stage, and we encourage them to come back for that second or even that third ultrasound. Is so there, very important. Are there any statistics on that like, as far as the number of women who see the, the, the image of their baby? That We have um, data from 10 years ago. And um, in our center, we have a 90% rate wow. uh, where men, women decide to parent. Um, and, and sometimes that's due to the ultrasound. Honestly, back before we had one, uh, we had a woman walk in not long ago with a five-year-old, and she said, I want you to meet my child that you helped me with. Hmm. Yeah. So the, the primary mission, and you're talking a little bit about education, medical support. How would you, if you had to summarize it in a sentence or two, like what's the primary mission of the right. pregnancy centers? Um, I love this mission, Russ, because as simple as it is, it goes so deep and it, it goes right with your series. 
It's to affirm the value of life, to affirm yeah. the value of all life. In, in our situation, uh, we do that by providing a network of care to come alongside moms and dads who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. Um, they're not all unplanned. Sometimes we have uh, men and women who just need some support. Somebody mm -hmm. loses their job. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to raise their child with dignity. Yeah, so it's a, it's a affirming and valuing life, which as you said, yes. is it fits, mm -hmm. I mean, that's it what does. justice is too. I yes. mean, it's. Well, and, and what I love about it is we get to walk that out every day. Yeah. I mean, what, what good is a mission statement if you're not walking it out? Mm -hmm. And when our staff is sitting down with a mother or a father, um, they, they're listening very actively. Mm -hmm. They're encouraging. And most importantly, they're just accepting them right where they are. Whatever that situation is, we're there for them. Yeah. And, the, and they see that mother and dad as being in the image of God, not just the unborn. We see that a lot stated. The unborn is in the created an image of God. So is that mother. Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit about the. Uh, I'm going to ask you two questions, okay. and we'll start with the the positive side of things. Okay. The, the most rewarding part of your work, or, or you can answer this on behalf of your staff too. Like, what's the most rewarding part of what you guys get to do? Um, I think I actually I mentioned that a little earlier. For the staff, it is the fact that. Yes, we have women leave, or young ladies leave, and they're very undecided about what they want to do. And two months later, they come in with, with the infant carrier and uh, just to say thanks. And then we have the answer. Um, for, for me, it is seeing that moment when a woman decides to parent, uh, sometimes under the hardest conditions, and I cannot state that enough, um, very, very hard conditions. But when she sees that ultrasound, um, again, 90% uh, decide within our center to parent. And, it, you know, we don't want to just get a number. We don't want to just say we're at 90%. We want to say we're with you. We're going to come alongside you for another two years. Um, and we are going to give you the resources you need and the education to make sure your child has the best life it can have. Yeah, and so you got you're, you're making a, a long-term commitment. This is not we like are. a we are. you know pointing a finger and saying, "Hey, don't do it." Right. Uh, this is a long-term commitment and a relationship you're building. And I, I thought that was interesting what you just said. You, you don't always know the answer. We right? don't. Um, when they when they leave your yeah. offices, you don't know what the outcome's going to be. We do follow up two or three times. We yeah. don't want to harass anyone. We we ask permission. Actually, can we give you a call? Can we text you? But um, once that's done, we have to mark it down as unknown. Yeah, and so what? To answer the backside of that question. The, the most challenging part of your work. Okay, I asked my staff that same question, and they said that some days it's very hard to leave the story behind. They take mm -hmm. that mom's issues and troubles home with them, and then I, th I think a lot of times we wish we could do more. Um, you know, whether that's financial or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, for myself, I think it's sad to see what poverty brings in. The um, lack of education, lack of parenting, and in that generational cycle where um, you just continue walking in oppression, it, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a multifaceted, it complex is. issue. It is. Yeah, it's not. it's not just one factor at play. It never here. is. No, and and that's really with any issue we talk about. There, there right. there's multiple issues, and a lot of times we take whatever our situation is and kind of superimpose it on somebody else's situation. Mm and then judge them harshly for the decisions they make yes. based on the way we're, we're dealing with that. 
Uh, and I will, okay, so those were the easy questions. Let's get into the hard stuff, <laughs> okay? So um, I want to talk, I mean, obviously, uh, abortion is a very political topic. It's kind of, it, it's probably one of the, the hottest, most controversial topics in our culture today. And um, a lot of Christians engage in it, this is my opinion, a lot of Christians engage in it from a distance. Like, we don't actually personally know someone who's, considering abortion or has had an abortion, those things, but uh, you guys are kind of in the trenches, so to speak. Like, you're, you're doing life with people every day, and I'm curious as to how has that affected your views on the issue? How has that influenced your thoughts on this kind of political hot topic, if you will? Right. Um, well, I think, um, I, I think if I can say this, that we might have a misconception that all abortion vulnerable women are single, young, poor, and unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Whereas, honestly, um, we, we come in contact with women all the time, we just don't know it, that are con either considering abortion, have had a past abortion, um, or will in the near future. We come in contact with these women. It might be in your carpool, it could be at the soccer field, it, it could be in your family. And, and it's just very real. And so um, that makes me know that that mission that we live by to affirm people, it has to start right now every day or we'll never make a difference. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I sometimes wonder why the topic is such a hot topic. I, I am not um, under, you know, I, I think it, it is a hard thing to decide. I just wish people would know how hard it is for women to decide. With Camille, if I can tell you a little story about Camille, yeah. I met her three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know her, but she worked in a store where I go in all the time, like every other day. And we just had general conversation, just about anything. She was pleasant. She helped me find what I needed. And then one day I realized she was expecting, and I just checked in on her. So she goes out and has the babies and comes back. And when she comes back to the store, she walked up to me. And she goes, I know who you are now. I said, okay. <laughs> and uh, she goes, you're, you're at the pregnancy center. She goes, I, I went to the pregnancy center. I saw Joanne. And I said, Camille, I didn't know that, really. And she just unloaded on me in the store, yeah. told me everything, all the stuff in between that you didn't see on the video. And I just said, is, uh, what was it? You know, what, what was it that was you were so afraid of? She goes, well, I, he left. I, the father left. And she goes, I had to tell my parents I hated doing that. That's your number two reasons. That's your top two reasons that the father's gone and I have to disappoint someone when I tell them about wow. my situation. That's your top two. And so I said, wow, I'm so glad your friend, you know, knew about us. You know, Camille didn't have any idea what could happen. So, you know, I, I think back about that. I had nothing to do. I knew her for a year. I had nothing to do with getting her the help. All I ever did was just have conversation with her. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can just start to have conversation, even just to be kind to someone, um, I'm afraid, what I'm afraid is, is that we're missing an opportunity. There are people who've never been affirmed. Mm -hmm. There are people who've never had grace extended. Why would they think they would have grace extended in this circumstance when they have to make a hard decision? Yeah. Yeah, and you, you know, you're being kind to me on stage, cause oh. I, and I appreciate that. But when I first asked that question, oh. if you remember, in my office, I asked, I said, you know, Christians on the on this issue like this, it's 
Like, we're not, we don't really know anybody personally that's considering an abortion. And so, uh, and you stopped me and said, yes, you do. You remember that? Yeah. yeah you said, <laughs> yes, yes, you do. That uh, it's not just, you know, we make all these, it, it's such a, it's such a decision, as you talk about, that there's a lot of shame and, and yeah. guilt associated with decision and don't want to disappoint somebody, right. which may be parents or may be pastor or maybe a friend at church or those things so it's those issues and and um it's just kind of kind of silently suffer i guess or oh, silently you know you just don't want anybody to know that this is something that they're thinking about and um what what that did i mean just that little answer right there kind of shifted my perspective on it it creates more empathy when you realize it's not it's not a political issue, it's a personal issue. Yeah. And, and if we could take it out of the realm of politics mm -hmm. for a little bit and just put it on a one-to-one on -one relational thing, and what you just said is so powerful, that if, if they see so much judgment through our activity mm -hmm. that it makes them nervous to think, I possibly couldn't tell them personally because there's no right. way I'm gonna receive grace from them. Right. And so I, that's my next question was that, you know, I, I said uh, in the introduction that the Bible affirms life, and, you know, I know, like, we, the, the issue's kind of being pro-life, pro-choice. That's the way it's been characterized, and both of us would be pro-life. Um, and a lot of these folks in this audience would be pro-life. I'm not naive enough to think everybody is on an issue like this. So uh, I know there's a lot of differences of opinion there. But what do you wish, I'm, I'm just asking this for me, because you were kind of getting there a little bit. What do you wish pro-life Christians did differently? Like, when you think about... Uh, how, how do we, I guess what I'm asking there is how do we advocate, how do we advocate for life in a way that doesn't harm the mother or the father that may be going through this decision? Well, I think way before they have to make a decision, any of us make a decision, um, whether we know it or not, I think we base it on how we've been treated. And so um, with your series, it's really challenged me to think about, am I affirming people, whether it's my family or just someone I meet in the store? Am I truly seeing them as God sees them? Is, you know, am I truly, am I, do I value them? And I, the more I think about it, then it actually changes my action. I really don't even have to have a voice. I just have to have a conversation with these people that I'm coming in contact with. Yeah. Um, what was your question so again? I, <laughs> I'm not sure I answered it. No, I, I think you did. It was, it was what do you wish <laughs> pro-life Christians did differently? Uh, um, well, we, we all... I think we all could love well mm. if we do a better job loving well. I mean, love is such a broad term, but, you know, the agape love goes so much deeper. Yeah. And I see that um, brought out every day in our center, and I think it's the only way. I mean, you talked about empathy. That's a great quality. But, you know, at some point, I don't totally understand what they're going through. So yeah. to extend grace means so much more. Yeah, and, and I think you did answer it okay. in that first. I Good. think you absolutely did because I, what I thought of— on the way in this morning, I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about uh, the Britney Spears documentary or movie. Or something. I'm not educated enough to talk about this. But what the, the person that was being interviewed said um, that our culture objectified her. And mm. when someone is seen as an object, yeah. it's very easy to judge them because they're just an object. They're no longer a person. And so what you were saying was just to see people as people, right. to see people as fellow image bearers of God. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really, really difficult thing for us to do. And I think one of the difficult things, I, my next question here, I think one of the things that makes it difficult is our 
technology and our, you know, the social media and all those things that kind of, they're created to bring us closer together, but in some sense they create, they make us more distant because we actually don't have a relation, we have an online relationship with that person, but not an actual, you know, kind of person-to-person relationship. And the question I want to ask was, do you think we're helping or hurting our cause on social media and other platforms where we share views and opinions? Well, you may have answered your own question. <laughs> I may have. You I said may. opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think my opinion matters to anyone that's struggling, really. Um, if I know a good resource, and there's a lot in your city here, in your community, um, I, I think it's better for me to post something that's a, a professional referral if I see someone in need. Um, I just think that anything negative will just wound wound the woman more. Um, mm-hmm. There's enough self-condemnation without um, adding more. And yeah. it, 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 it doesn't take very much. I mean, um, I remember feeling bad when I would talk to someone and their body language would change when they were disapproving of something I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's, it's our body language. It's how we answer questions. It's how we um, treat each other every single day. Yeah. Which gets to the gets to the heart of Jesus. You yeah, know, treat others yeah. in the way you want to be treated. And you know, when when we see posts that seem to be you know kind of negative, we, we we could just kind of refrain and not comment and keep it going. You know, we could just turn that off for a little bit. No, no, that's not possible. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, you just said something. You just said the most radical thing of the whole conversation that we do not have to respond to every post. Uh, wow. Uh, or we can turn it off. But uh, no. It's just a thought. <laughs> I think as you were talking, I, w- I was thinking about that's people are people are watching, and I, I forget that a lot of times. Like, and and you talk about there's so much self condemnation, and and people are people are watching our attitude, our body language, and the way we treat, and so it's very difficult because when it's man when it's, it shifts into politics, we just we get angry about politics. I mean, must that's our default reaction with politics is anger. But if we, we actually are talking to somebody and, and try, like, like Camille, you met her where at a coffee shop or something? Is that where? It was at a local store. I okay. mean, I literally was in there every other day. I still yeah. I talked to Camille the other day. Yeah, it, it, it was in a, the middle of the aisle. You know, I just needed something. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, went on for a year and mm-hmm. continues. And I just think I could even mess, I could have messed that up pretty bad. Yeah. I could have been, I don't know, maybe I had a bad day. I could have been rude to her. I could have um, mm-hmm. done a lot of things, and I look back on that, and it kind of wakes me up to think, yeah. you know, you went, you talked to someone who was struggling with a decision. Mm-hmm. How you treated her, I mean, it's just a question. Could, yeah. that, have, could that have affected her? Yeah. Well, I wanna, and, and you're kind of talking about this now, so we got talk about just outside of social media and those things. Like, what's the most effective way... If, if I'm a person who believes very strongly that, you know, life should be affirmed and all life is valuable and those mm-hmm. things, and, and I, I want to advocate for the unborn. If mm-hmm. I feel like this is the, the justice initiative, I'm like, man, that, that really just, I, I've got a passion for speaking for that group and mm-hmm. advocating for the unborn. What's the most effective way to do that, mm-hmm. in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to say that for, for me, this has just been my conviction through this, is that um, our voices are good, but I think our actions um, speak louder. So I was just thinking about all the other 
other issues that uh, need to be addressed and and need some help and support so if you can find out what the need is in your community whether it's um, at a pregnancy center or free transportation and be educated about what's out there you know you just might save a life by being able to be kind and to offer that resource again I think that um, we we have to start though right here in our own community affirming one another I, I, it excites me to think about what would happen if we actually did that um, yeah. I, I think there would be um, I think people would be more willing to seek help you know I, I just don't want anyone to be in, in pain or um, to, to suffer and be feel guilty especially women who've already had that experience of abortion yeah and I think that we can love well and make a true difference yeah well the stat that jumps out is me is that those that do seek help those that do get into the doors of your organization the majority of them are choosing life yeah right right but uh, it's getting people into the doors of the organization yeah. or getting people in the doors of a church where they're gonna feel that kind of same level of acceptance and, that they're feeling when they and come to they the want to be, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of safe places. I mean, I, yeah. I was started thinking myself, where, where do these women turn to? Mm. You know, why can't it be to a neighbor? Why, why can they not trust us enough that yeah. they know we love them and that we have their, we have, you know, we want to have their best interests in mind. Going back to what you just said, the top two reasons, if, if, if the, the father has left right, and I, I can't tell my parents because there's no way they're going to love me through this. Right. Then where do you turn? Right. Where's the safe, where are the safe places? Well, that is why we spend a lot of min money on digital marketing because mm -hmm. honestly, they're looking right here anyway. And yeah. so they, that's why we want to make sure all the keywords are in there that we know what searching, what they're searching uh, for. Yeah. We want to be first. Mm -hmm. We have to beat out the yep. negative. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's where, you, that's where social media could become a positive. Thank you. And I was struggling with that answer. That's yeah. perfect. That's it, it, we could actually turn it into a positive. Because have you, I had not thought about that, where the first thing you're going to do, any of us that get in a situation where we don't know what to do and we don't know where to turn, where do we turn first? We Google. Google. We, <laughs> we turn Google. to Google first. I mean, that's, I mean, as Christians, we want to say, you know, you should have said God. I, I know, but I mean, that's, we start Googling stuff. When you have a health crisis, emotional health crisis, a family crisis, we Google. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the first place we go. And so it, it, it's important that organizations like yours come to the top. It is. When you, when you Google those things. Mm -hmm. So, um, you, you made me think of something else. I know we're all over the... We're, way, we're, not, we are everywhere. we're way off track where we, where we plan. Uh, oh, I know what it was. It was one of the things I'd read yesterday was, you know, you start, you do awareness, advocacy, and action is kind of the steps mm -hmm. for, for justice. So if, you, if we want to move from social media to social justice, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that it's, you, you start with just awareness, and that's just learning about the issue. Uh, reading about the issue, watching documentaries, whatever that looks like. And we're going to have resources on our website that, that Kathy gave me. Um, one of them was at Pregnancy Help News. Mm -hmm. And there was another, there's a couple websites she gave me to just learn about the issue of abortion. Yeah. And then um, from there, it moves into advocacy. Mm -hmm. And that's where, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead. Like, okay. how can people get, like if I want to, I want to be involved in advocacy or helping, because so much of what you said is about relationship, relationships and building relationships with people and grace and empathy. How do I do that right here in my community? Well, as I mentioned, I, there's so many nonprofits here. You know, I think of moms. I mean, they are transporting girls to us because those women may they don't have a car. 
So you could, you could drive for moms. You are advocating for life when you bring um, a woman to our center who, who would not be able to get there otherwise. Yeah. I, know, I, I just see the action part of it, you know, you know the awareness. We've worked real hard to, to build that. Um, you are raising awareness today. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if we can just take action, whether it's something that we do and nobody ever knows about or whether we join a group, and do something, or um, as a church, I can see, um, it's it's funny you say that, because, you know, back when we used to have Sunday school, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, these, I would see these um, young moms just kind of slip away um, when they had their children, because we had, um, let's see, we would have college group, uh, newly married, in the couples group, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing. So now, yeah. it, what about a small group, you know, within our churches for um, single moms? Mm-hmm. You know, they would have that that group that they could be be friends, and then they could also have the help of the church. I mean, I just think there's a lot of things we just kind of think outside the box, just a little bit, yeah, that we could do together. Yeah. And I and I love you. You know, you mentioned moms. Randy's next week, and we're talking about uh, uh, justice with the poor. Uh, next week, and all of these are are, are interconnected. It's not sewing interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not not even thought like. Well, one of the ways I can value life or advocate for life is by driving for moms. Um, yeah. But I, but I could you could and, you know, and she goes for her to, appointment for her ultrasound, or she goes. We have a two year parenting program. That's a long time to try to have transportation somewhere. Yeah. That two year parenting program keeps them close to us. It allows yeah. us to sew into them, and then they're going to earn the right to actually shop in our mom's boutique and get everything that child needs so we're taking action to make sure they're not dropped yeah. or left behind and uh and other way so somebody could come to volunteer with the pregnancy mm-hmm. center yeah, right? you yeah. Guys or any other nonprofit. um we yeah. also have a prayer walk every okay. monday i would love for you to contact me by email if you'd like to come to the center at 10 o'clock the first monday of the month yeah. and, uh, we literally walk every room uh and pray over the equipment mm-hmm. and that's just an amazing, yeah. you know, prayer is the first thing that we request, you know. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you about um, one of the things, in our very first phone conversation, I don't know if you remember this, but, I, you know, we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And so I said, hey, I want you to come talk about, I'm doing something about justice for the unborn. I want you to come speak. And you said, well, I, I want to, you know, so you didn't know anything about me. You're like, oh, I just want to warn you, I'm not going to come in there condemning people. I'm, I'm not going to come in there and like pointing fingers at, at people and condemning people because I want I want to create a safe place for women who may be considering or have had abortions. And of course, as I told you, you're speaking the love language of Murray Hills as far as you know creating a safe place and not condemning and being grace oriented. Uh, but one of the things that you guys do, one of the services y'all you offer is post abortive uh, classes or therapy, those things. Talk a little bit about that. Thank you so much for bringing that up because, you know, you never want to talk about a subject that's sensitive without offering yeah. support and help. Mm-hmm. So the 12-week post-abortion recovery program is held outside of the center. I actually never know where they're held. It's a private, mm-hmm. confidential place yeah. hosted in some home. And it's just a real safe place of healing. It is 12 weeks. Um, it's it's a commitment, but it's led by the most beautiful and um, um, caring women that have walked that walk and had that journey. Um, I would encourage anyone to email me if they just want to know more about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I see everyone as um, 
you know, you talk about pro-choice and pro-life. I, I want to help all women. And no matter what, if, if they're pro-choice, I, I hope they give us a chance. I hope that we can show them how much we love them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, well, that's, good. that's where we started. Affirming all life or oh. valuing all yeah. life. Um, and I, I think it's just important for you to know that there are resources here in our community. You're in Columbia and you're in Spring Hill. Mm -hmm. And uh, either if you have considered this or you know family members who, who are or you've, you know, um, somebody a fan, somebody comes to you, a friend or whatever, there's a place to go. There's, there's resources, there's, there's ways to reach out for help. Sure. And this, it's on the screen right there. Okay. She specifically asked me to include her email. So if you want to take a picture of that and... There's her email address, and she does respond to email because that's how I ask you to speak. Yeah. And um, there's the website is there as well if you want to check out the website. And I'll, I'll tell you one other thing, uh, Kathy, because we've got to wrap it up here. Okay. But um, we, we are going to help out just a little bit as a church. Uh, one of the things that we decided to do, every Easter we give away our, our Easter contribution. And so we got Easter coming up, and we decided that we were going to, the, the nonprofits that we focus on during this justice mm. series, are going to be the ones that we want to support with our Easter offering. Oh, so you and moms and um, I don't know who, I, I haven't got the list, but there's <laughs> going to be five or six of those nonprofits that we're going to take our entire Easter offering, whatever that is, and split that up and be supporting the, the pregnancy center thank in that you, way. Th thank you for your so. kindness. That's, that's the reason that we are privileged to keep the doors open, you know, after yeah. 27 years and never any cost to anyone. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for you saving are, lives. You are doing an incredible work. Let me, I want to say a word of prayer over you, and then I've got just a, we got one other thing to do, but I want to, I want to pray for Kathy and her work, so let's pray together. Father, I am so thankful um, that you have called uh, Kathy to this ministry, and it is a ministry, and uh, that you have equipped her with a staff and um, facilities and an ultrasound and and uh, volunteers that have stepped into this. And what, what she has expressed today is the gospel. I heard grace, I heard uh, forgiveness, I heard love and acceptance, and I heard an affirmation of life. And so, Father, I pray that, that we'll take the things she said and, and the, the manner in which she spoke them, and that we will try to do that in, in our lives, not just on social media, but in our conversations with others and um, in our in our everyday interactions, that we would be pro-life and, and pro-grace and, and pro-love and pro-mercy and pro-justice because that's what you call us to be. So God, bless the work of the Pregnancy Centers of Middle Tennessee. Um, bless the mothers and the fathers that they are helping and uh, the children that will be born as a result of this important work that they're doing in our community. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Would y'all thank Kathy for being with us today? Thank you so much, Al. Yeah, if you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.